Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon, welcome to the COB. A bit of a dour day, it has to be said. My name is Kyle Rodder, I'm here with Danny Akuye. And uh, Danny, I don't know where we've closed in the ASX 200. We'll check the CBO 200 now. But it has to be said, um, one-way traffic really for the local bulls. Yeah, totally. It looks like the ASX 200 is off by 93 points, 1.25%, although uh, it will settle. It takes about 25 minutes, just about 7,357. Yes, and uh, well, we'll look across the sectors because, well, the weakness was broad-based, just like yesterday, I guess the strength mm. was broad-based, but uh, the financials in focus today, the banks all down, actually Commonwealth Bank uh, yes. down by 2%, so yep. really slapped down. Yep. Its results are coming out next week as well. I wouldn't say it's because of that, but certainly going to uh, keep in focus uh, going into that event. But um, look, Westpac down almost 2%. NAB, ANZ, both off. So um, I don't know as a sector overall, but uh, certainly uh, I would say the biggest weight on our market today. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm just looking, materials is off only by about just over 1.2%. I don't know. We're going to cross to some of the other interest rate. Yeah, utilities. Yeah, utilities was the other one. Yeah, there was a downgrade to AGL today, which probably um, didn't help. You can see that's off by almost 5%. And uh, yeah, that's probably really done a lot of the dragging. And uh, information technology, did it buck the trend? It tried awfully hard, but uh, seems to have, uh, didn't, didn't quite make it today. Yeah, that no, sector, it was... it was green for a while, but it actually finished down uh, in terms of the sectors. Indeed, uh, we'll get to the tech sector now and just have a look at that. Um, it was, Again, uh, pushing into positive territory very briefly, yeah. but uh, gave up the ghost uh, by the end of the day's trade. And you can see all our favorites down today. Why is tech still above 86 bucks though? That's yeah. a, a really modest pullback in the context of things. Um, tech has performed well over the last few months. Um, but I look at the three themes now, and uh, well, there were a few to, uh, I guess, get across today. And uh, well, my favorite, and I've uh, called it uh, Fitch Slap, uh, what's happened to, to market. Slap. Fitch slap. Yeah, like the other slap that you can have that runs with Fitch. But Fitch slap. We, uh, of course, had the Fitch ratings agency downgrading US government yes. debt. And it seems to be a convenient way. A lot of the commentary I'm seeing um, across the wires just explaining the move in markets today is a convenient way of seizing upon the narrative and maybe uh, selling out of risk a little bit off the back of those new, that news. Yeah, maybe. I mean, certainly uh, if we're going to tie it into risk off, just look at the little Aussie battler, which is 65 spots, 75 against the US dollar. It's just continuing to fall. But yeah, it does look like that has been an excuse today. But also the big important one is the announcement in terms of how they're going to raise uh, the Treasury is going to have to raise their money. So whether they're going um, in the T-bill end of the market or looking towards the coupons in terms of the bond yield. So that is probably a potentially market moving event tomorrow. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. And uh, just in terms of the Aussie as well and uh, local markets, not that it's uh, any kind of consolation or helped us much today. 
uh, priced out, of course, um, the moves, the prospect of future moves from the RBA, um, well, being um, priced out and certainly a uh, hike in the next few months, not in the market at the moment either. So um, another reason why, of course, we've had the Aussie just going in the one direction up close to 67 cents yesterday, now currently down at 65, 76, like you said before, Danny. Uh, but let's get across some of the news of the t- uh, day. BWP Trust has posted full year net profit of $114 million, down 1% on the previous corresponding period. Uh, so you can see there, uh, the final distribution, 9.27 cents per unit. And Mesoblast was in a trading hole today as well. Oh, That's uh, putting an announcement on the US FDA's review of Biologics license application resubmission for Remstems LL. Remstems LL. Sorry, I had to pronounce that out uh, a little bit, but um, nevertheless, we're going to keep an eye on Mesoblast. Obviously, that thing can move uh, when news comes through. As you can see, there, that's a one-year chart. Um, a few other news stories today. Hello, world shares. We're on the rise, bucking yeah. the trend somewhat. Uh, raised oh, full-year guidance. Yeah, it's mm. a 42 and $45 million. Interesting, because we've seen this from a number of those in the travel and leisure sector. Absolutely. Some resilience there. Absolutely. And uh, they certainly are, continue to be favourites. We spoke with Wilsons today, and they continue yeah. to like the travel stocks. So absolutely. But also there was quite a lot happening with Pilbara Minerals, because they've received board approval for construction of a demonstration plant to produce lithium products at its plant in Western Australia. And uh, that is actually uh, with uh, Calix. And I spoke to oh. the CEO with Calix as well today. So Brilliant. So yeah. that'll be on our platform, yep. uh, if not now, very, very soon. So if you're interested in that, you can uh, watch that later on. Um, uh, some sweet changes too. At Nine Entertainment, Matt Stanton as CFO and Strategy Officer, Maria Phillips departs the business. Um, you talked about that uh, AGL news a little earlier. The, the, the broker downgrade over at Macquarie uh, sees, well, a high risk of disappointing earnings from the company, citing soft demand and falling underlying commodity prices. So the target price will be lowered to $11.43 from uh, $11.59. So uh, that's going to be certainly something to watch as we go into reporting period. Um, so. It was, in fact, Danny, our stock of the day. And we had Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial and Carl Capolingua from Think Markets sharing their view on AGL. People feel that they need to be all in. So I'm, I'm going to buy this. It's going to be the best. And when it goes up and, uh, you know, 10 times, I'm going to sell it. I think you're kind of then uh, pegging yourself uh, to, to the price more. What what I prefer to do is if I see something going up, I buy a little bit of it. I mean, I'd like to get in yeah. in thirds. So if I normally invest $1,000, divide it by three, I'll buy that amount to start off with. And if it goes down, okay, well, not the end of the world, I only bought a bit of it. If it starts to go up, then I'll add some and I'll add some. There's no real limit to how much I can add. So if you get those exponential moves like this, you can make a great deal of money. Um, this, this uh, today, this move. So, just talking purely from a technical standpoint, I don't care what Macquarie Bank, Bank had to state. Honestly, I've no interest in their, their comments. Um, but from a purely technical standpoint, what it does is it changes the demand supply dynamics, and we have seen supply come into the market, and that's when I start to well, bookends the buying start to get out. 
of it. And I won't get out of this all at once. And um, for the people that listen to me in my, my webinars or follow me on Twitter, we'll be talking about getting out of a third of what we have. The reality is it's a company on a very low multiple. I think even now it's about nine or 10 times earnings and the earnings trajectory is picking up a lot. Um, so that's always a sort of attractive dynamic. So if you get a good chart, you get a business that's sort of appearing to turn the corner, yep. low valuation, strong earnings growth, then it does seem relatively attractive. However, we haven't pulled the trigger um, just because we are a little bit concerned about this whole peak energy prices that Macquarie right. does raise. It's So um, let me Different just have some AGL, yeah. I suppose. And uh, well, I guess those two gentlemen do see the world a little differently, but uh, there you go. That's what makes a market. But um, let's get to our guest for the show today and standing by his Mathan uh, Somersundaram from Deep Data Analytics. Mathan, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Um, this uh, Fitch news seemed to be enough to scuttle sentiment, at least that's the story of the day. So should be, uh, we be worried about uh, the, uh, the credit quality of, of the US government? Uh, look, it's all relative, isn't it? Uh, when you got Bank of Japan uh, telling you that they are shadow hiking and then they are uh, buying bonds and then they are shadow hiking, um, you know, it, when you have that kind of world, US looks rock, rock solid. Um, is the Fitch move substantial? Uh, look, I think it's blatantly obvious, isn't it? Uh, we've got US budget is forecasting, I think it's about one to two trillion deficit for the next 10 years interest payment is nearly a trillion dollars a year. Um, so, you know, do the basic maths. In the next 10 years, their 32, $33 trillion debt will probably double on a compounding effect. So do they have uh, problems on their budget? <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, does that matter? Probably not. Um, in, this, in this kind of environment, you know, the one-eyed man is king in, in the land of the blind and USA is still the dominant economy, uh, whatever the rating might be. Um, they're still going to fall that exposure. I think the bigger worry is how much the political issue of these kind of, um, I suppose, weak fiscal standing um, kind of plays into the outlook of what the government can do um, over the next couple of years. I think that's the main risk. I think the feature one is good. I mean, I'm surprised because, I mean, in the GFC, um, nobody did anything when credit was actually really bad. Um, and it's not as bad now. So in that context... Um, I'm surprised, but I don't think it makes a huge difference. Indeed. Um, Mason, what about the, uh, so the, the Treasury has come out and said they've got to raise, you know, 1.8 trillion, almost 2 trillion, you know, in the second half of the year, eye-watering numbers. But tomorrow morning, they're going to dissect it for us and uh, tell us about which part of the curve, like are we issuing more T-bills, are we going up into the coupons? Is that potentially a market moving event with the, the you know, things like the, the 10 year Treasury yield going up, Treasuries selling off in response to all this money that needs to be raised? Yeah, uh, I suppose the $64 million question is how is the market going to absorb this? I mean, it, we know that there's a fair amount of debt coming and the, you know, the US Fed has to fund it somehow. And so there's going to be issues that's going to play out. You had the uh, debt ceiling that held it back, so you knew there was a catch-up. I mean, the 10-year yield has held quite well um, without going too far above 4%. Um, so the question would be, will it break out uh, or will it start to roll over again? Um, so this is the big question, I suppose, you know, as you're asking. 
will the yield hang around here and then slide back or will it keep rising? Um, I don't think it can go too far because there's way too much debt, not just at government level, but at household level, corporate level. So if, you know, if the yields go, I think four and a half, five percent, I think something will break. Uh, and I think everyone knows that. So I, I think it's going to be managed around here. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. These are things that we have not done. And I'm not talking about, you know, 70, 80 years of data, the kind of historical amount of debt that you carry. We've never seen any of these things. So nobody really knows. Uh, it's, it's fantasy. When people say, oh, well, I've modeled this. No, you haven't. There, it's never happened before. We've never happened before, right? I mean, we've had in what, the last 70, 80 years, we've had one occasion uh, for a decade where we had high inflation. We never had debt like this and high inflation at the same time. And it never happened around the world. So it's just amazing times. Uh, so nobody really knows, but I think the the level of bond yields that can rise are substantially lower than what it used to be. So people say in the 80s, we had 18% interest rate there's zero chance that we can get to there in the current environment because we carry so much more debt and we have much bigger asset bubbles in property, markets, et cetera. So there is limitation. So I think to answer in a rounded way to your question, um, it's going to be fascinating to see how far bond yields can go before it actually triggers something because at the moment, the markets have held up phenomenally well given that we are at 4% yield. Let's see if we can dovetail into perhaps the banks, just because that was where the weakness was found today. We saw CBA off by 2%. Uh, 2%. Coming into earnings season, CBA, it will report in about a week's time. In fact, I think it's exactly a week. Um, what do you think of financials in, in this environment? Because at least on a valuation basis, well, CBA certainly looks relatively rich. Could argue maybe the other big three are a little bit rich as well. Yeah, our banking sector is quite unique. Um, it's seen as relatively safe um, because everyone does anything they can to help property market, and that tends to flow into our banks. Our banks, actually, the majority of the trades are done by global guys, and it's used for the currency trade. So the fact that we've had a substantial uh, pullback in the currency is the main factor that's weighing on the banks today, um, more than, I think, the result worry, because I think the results are mostly known. Now, market, I mean, banks will basically come out and say, it's a tough environment, um, you know, loan growth is lower, uh, we're going to manage cost um, and we'll hold on to our name. Um, and in those kind of things, I think it should be okay. But the reality is as things are all over, things slow down, banks will do it tough. So we're probably near the peak. I mean, if you look at it over the last 20 years, really, apart from dividends, you only made money on Combank. The other three banks didn't really do much. Um, so in that context, I think the bank sector is probably near their peak. Um, I think more downside than upside. But in the shorter term, I think the bigger risk is the global guys will keep selling if the currency keeps rolling over. Mm. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Going into reporting season, Mason, um, are you a bit nervous about some sort of, you know, a few few surprises coming through? Or do you think the companies have been pretty good with this confession season in the run up to reporting uh, earnings? Yeah, it's a tricky one because the volatility is actually very low, um, but the moves in stocks when they come out, they're not small, they're big moves. So I expect volatility to be actually quite high. I'd say a pickup in volatility is due. Uh, we've actually been way too low. Um, I think markets still get surprised. I mean, if you look at what's happening in mining stocks, 
Um, the gold stocks come out first, and they you know generally have higher cost, and the market gets shocked, uh, which is shocking because it's kind of the, the thematic. Uh, but then the the other miners come through, and everyone still gets shocked, uh, and it shocks me that everyone gets shocked. Um, you know, the thematics like retail, for example. You'll know that most of the main thematics are pretty similar. Um, they're going to be doing talking about the same thing, cost management and so forth, and tough environment. Um, but there's going to be winners. Uh, I think there are some sectors that are holding up well, and some are actually seeing better margins. Um, I think the services sector is doing quite well, um, and you're seeing some increases. I mean, energy prices have started to pick up, food prices have picked up. So some of those sectors probably will report better than expected and the market hasn't paid up for it. So I suspect there will be some big winners, but mostly I think the market is relatively well-priced. So the upside in most of the major sectors, I think pretty capped, but I think there's gonna be some sectors that are going to really do well. Often really appreciate the time uh, and thanks for coming on. It was uh, entertaining as well as always informative. We'll do it again soon. Martin Somerson Dutton from Deep Data Analytics. Thank you. Okay, let's uh, get a look at the leaders and laggards now, shall we? And uh, just to see what Ooh, finished. Oh, Prometicus. There we go. Uh, there was some news out there a couple of days ago. and I, I know Another contract they got. That's, that's right, yeah, there you go. So yeah. still fo- seeing some follow through there, despite the uh, kind of broad and dour sell-off we've seen today. Uh, Breville Credit Corp maybe bouncing back just a little yep. bit because it got rinsed a few indeed, days ago. Indeed, indeed. Uh, ResMed reports, Finding some love. Reports, I think, is it Friday or have I, I, I missed that? I've, I've lost all track of time this, this week, but um, uh, ResMed was due to report yes, uh, uh, no. tomorrow. Tomorrow. There yeah. you go. Okay, cool. So we'll keep an eye out for that tomorrow. Yep. Uh, Silver Lake Resources also up. Uh, the laggards, and there'll be a few of them. There were a few of them, and there will probably be a few big ones. I don't know what that's doing there. That's, that's, I think that's just the... Oh, <laughs> it looks like something's gone a little bit awry there, but yeah. definitely one we can trust is AGL, or yeah. 4.4%. Yeah, and maybe um, Capricorn, Capricorn Metals. Metals. I think the others will just let them go through to the keeper. Yeah, I think we will. Uh, and it's only Wednesday. Uh, let's get to the small caps now. Uh, task and Dassing Gold. Um, nothing there that sort of jumps out to me as being no. um, good performance though, in a pretty doer day on the market. Indeed. And uh, let's look at the laggards now in the small cap space. Are we better off this time? Eris Resources down 28%. Fluence, I didn't have something out the other day. I think so, but anyway, yeah. yeah when no. it gets outside the 200, maybe the 300, I'm pretty useless. Yeah, <laughs> there indeed. We, there we go. But anyway, yeah, they're on your screen there if, uh, if they do relate to you. But let's look at the day ahead now. Uh, and well, what's coming up tonight, I should actually say, um, which is more than that, but actually not much more than that. It's the ADP unemployment figures coming out this evening. Uh, and on top of that, too, we do have some earnings out of the United States. There's like a lot of pay, earnings. A lot PayPal of, um, yep. is in there. Yep, um, yep. So uh, we've got heaps, Qualcomm, um, Shopify, PayPal, Equinix, if you're into data centers, Mercado Libra, if you like to go racy in South America. So uh, quite, quite a lot, uh, to say the least. Simon Property Group, that'll be interesting, yeah. Yeah, and we... As, as Dupont. We, Dupont. Dupont. Dupont is also out. Yeah, look, there's just so many. Uh, equity uh, equity analysts, the Dupont. What's who? The favourite of any old equity analysts. No, no, uh, no, no. Alba, no, Albemarle's out also. So oh, actually, oh, people be might be yeah. quite interested in terms of that one, how that goes for in relation to our market. Yeah, if they uh, decide to throw another handful of cash at one of our miners <laughs> or something like that, just another wad across the Pacific. 
Um, okay, so uh, tomorrow it's a little bit quiet. We've got trade balance data, some uh, local uh, a local AGM, which is of course uh, computer share. So. Uh, there you go. Uh, something to look forward to in the next 24 hours time. But I dare say, Danny, that maybe we'll be just looking at whether this sell-off carries through into European and US yeah, trade. US futures, futures are down. Yeah, US futures are down. And also, uh, yeah, the Aussie dollar again, it's just, I'm watching it fall. It's, uh, yeah, 65, 67. And yes, the futures are down. And uh, our market, uh, the SX200, I'm getting down 96 points or 1.29%. So pretty chunky sell-off today. Lots of all yesterday's gains erased. Yeah, indeed. And uh, investors don't seem to like life above 7,400. doesn't seem to last too long, unfortunately. <laughs> so we're back in that, that range now. But uh, nevertheless, again, we'll see how we fare throughout the night's trade and uh, pick things up tomorrow morning. Uh, in the meantime, if you do want to catch up on all the day's content, it's on our website and app. Otherwise, have a lovely evening. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.